Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out I believe we have a question in the ask hole this week. Jonathan, you want to stick your hand in there and let us know what it says? It came from the ask hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, it didn't. No, it there, didn't. Was no, no. there was no question asked to you yet, Josh. I don't know why you're <laughs> confirming or denying and answering in the affirmative. You've not been asked any questions. <laughs> Josh was rooting around down there and felt something. I, I'm always booty rooting. <laughs> booty rooting. Booty rooting. I do not like the sound of that. Rooting that boot. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Rooting that boot. Oh, my Christ. In the shower. Boots and roots. That sounds like uh, a fucking landscaping company. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe it could roots. be. Who knows? Could be. Have you found any? Have you found the question from I'm the asshole yet? You guys are distracting me. <laughs> he's, he's rooting around. Okay, uh, you just yes, can't, can't we get have, enough of that um, asshole. Alex Shopkins uh, <laughs> wrote in and asked us what are our favorite movie soundtracks. He said, if he were to be asked, he would go with "Old Brother Where Art Thou," "Garden State," and "Reservoir Dogs," which I think are all excellent choices. Thanks for the question, Alec, and uh, thanks for being a listener. Okay, first off, where's Alec from? San Diego. There we go. Oh, San Diego. Alec from San Diego. Thank you. Uh, fun fact about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It was filmed in my hometown in Mississippi, in the Mississippi Delta when I was a junior in high school. Ah, Deliverance was filmed where my mom lives. That? Where she grew up, actually. It's kind of scary. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't scary. based on Kind of. We Johnny, we like a pig. Uh, talk about soundtracks. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, well, Jonathan, what, what's what's the first one that comes to your mind? I want to distinguish soundtrack from like scores, right? Like film scores is yeah, different. absolutely, yeah. That being said, the Quentin Tarantino shit is just kind of a that's a that's kind of a gimme. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'll go with, uh, off the top of my head, like, Blow. I think Blow is great. Right from the start, coming in with the stone. Can't you hear me knocking? Like, it's everything cool about the 70s and rock and roll and drugs. And Black Betty. Yeah. Great there's scene. There's a bunch of shit in there. It just, so that's definitely a classic. Neil, what you got? Um, my favorite that I, like, even back in the 90s, I loved it so much was Snatch. Um, it just, it, mm. it's so mm-hmm. weird. And it's a bunch of songs that I didn't know prior what is that ghost town that british reggae song and golden mm-hmm. brown and um the oasis mm, yeah, that's right. oasis fucking in the bushes what you got josh so i'll go oh I'll, I'll go back to my childhood and th- there was a movie i really loved growing up called dead presidents oh um, yeah and the soundtrack for that is just it's heavy like r&b it's got like isaac hayes it's got james brown it's got the spinners there's a a song on there that's called Never Gonna Give You Up mm-hmm. by Barry White that's just <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, he's fucking and, awesome. And, uh, you know, Tired of Being Alone, Love Train. It, it, it's just a great movie, great soundtrack. Yeah, I think that movie made me fall in love with that kind of music, just the Motown kind of stuff. And it's just filled with great music. And I remember I picked across 110th street because i thought that song was on that soundtrack but then it's not <laughs> come on Neil, how old, how old were you watch, were watching that josh uh probably when it i mean it came out in probably 93 so i probably got it on vhs in 93 94 i was probably 10 or 11 it's just a funny thing about a 10 year old sitting there listening to barry white <laughs> fucking al green it's like a drinking a scotch smoking a cigarette Okay, it's kind of not fair because it's about a radio station, so obviously they play a fuck ton of good songs. But pirate radio, you know, hmm. is oh. great. I mean, but then again, yeah. it's just like you know, fucking. That's that's hot. Philip Seymour, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It's a great, great movie. It's a yeah, it's a good one. Neil, what you got? Well, to get Tarantino out of the way, Death Proof. It's not his most famous movie or anything, but that soundtrack is just so unique and cool. Um, it's got this cool song by, or it's got a version of Stagger Lee by Pacific Gas and Electric. Um, that Baby It's You by Smith. Um, mm. And, you know, the whole movie's about these chicks uh, driving around smoking blunts, playing tunes. One of them's a <laughs> DJ. Then they go to a bar and just hit up the jukebox and play songs until Kurt Russell tries to kill them. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Uh, speaking That's a great of, American right there. Yeah, that is a great American. Uh, speaking of Kurt Russell, though, uh, actually, he's not in this one, but um, the Guardians of the Gown. The. Guardians of the Galaxy yes. soundtrack. Yeah, it's the great. first one is a, uh, it's very memorable. I mean, it, just, it and I don't know if it's because like all those songs from the seventies that are on it, it just hadn't been in the yeah. culture in a while. I mean, like you have Hooked on a Feeling comes in. I think right at the beginning, Moon Age Daydreams in there. Uh, I'm not in love. Ten CC bang. Um, Come and get your love. Cherry bomb. Like just a great all around soundtrack. Uh, and just. Side note, my Reservoir Dogs would be my favorite Tarantino. Nice, uh, yes, soundtrack um, for sure. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is great, and it's almost—it's not cheating, but having a big part of the plot be this mixed tape from your dad. Was it from his dad or his mom? Mom, mom from mom. his mom from that era. So it's just like you have a license as long as you can spend the money to just get all these amazing songs and put them on this mixtape. Oh. Absolutely. Jonathan, give me one more. This hits right in the sweet spot between soundtrack and score. Superfly. Curtis Mayfield. That's almost cheating. What do you mean cheating? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Any Quentin Tarantino is cheating, let's be clear. Well, any Scorsese or or Wes Anderson also. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So that's the sweet spot uh, of original music, but also, you know, a score and a soundtrack. Because, like, Superfly, there's so many songs in there that are just incredible. Absolutely. Uh, Neil, what you got? Well, I'm going to go with a heartfelt classic. Very impactful Rocky Four. Hearts on Fire. Oh, my goodness. Eye of the yeah. Tiger. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. It's basically a music video. I think I read somewhere that if you took out all of the music, like montages, there's really only like 20 minutes yeah. of movie. Oh, yeah. That's true. That, oh, um, when was, that, well, that wasn't the first time Eye of the Tiger was in it, is it? That was maybe the two. Um, no, but it's three. it's on there. Montages, so much fun. Mon- <laughs> it's a montage. Um, montage. It, Rocky three is Eye of the Tiger. Uh. So I, I'm gonna go with a, a classic from the mid '90s that uh, my mom had the soundtrack to, "Waiting to Exhale." Oh, I thought you were gonna uh, go Big Chill. <laughs> I'm kind of just kidding, <laughs> uh, but I did. I did love the "Waiting to Exhale" soundtrack when I was that age. You know, oh my it's got God. some oh Whitney, God. Got some Tony I, I Braxton, that with, Aretha. I watched that like. Three months ago, and I mean, like unbreak, unbreak my heart on there, Josh. Um, it's got uh, now. I don't think I thought it was too when I was thinking about it today, but it's not. The Tony Braxton song is "Let It Flow." Um, there's Patty Labelle. Actually, it's a great fuck that. It's a great. I love it's a how great Josh soundtrack. is like. I just identify with this movie so much. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I did at that age. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with a little Back to the Future. Ooh, nice. Because um, you got Add, you got some power of love. Had that one. You got some Lindsey Buckingham. You got well, Clapton Lindsay Zoom. Buckingham. And what Lindsey Buckingham? Uh, Time Bomb Town. Where uh, is when, the name of well, the song? When is it? Earth Angel mm, and Johnny Be Good. Yes, on it. Man. Back in time. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a solid solid. Actually, I got a quick quick trivia on the Lindsey Buckingham. Do y'all know which very famous, very singable comedy classic he did the music for? Mm-hmm. Oh, Holiday Road. Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah, vacation. It, yeah. It's so clearly him. Um, once you realize at one who point, Josh, didn't you want to name the band Holiday Road? Back in the day, that was that was that was the thing. Holiday Road. We should name the band Holiday Road. I forgot about Living in America on Rocky Four as well. Oh, oh, my oh, God. yeah, that was great. So, two quick questions before we get to the final song. Uh, favorite Scorsese soundtrack, Jonathan. I guess Casino. Yeah, Neil. Um, I. Uh, it's that or Goodfellas, I think. Yeah, well, I'll yeah, go I mean, with well, I'll go I, with I'll go with the Wolf of Wall Street because the Sam Plan Moi 
Sad plan, poor. Oh, yeah. wah, wah, also, wah, right when he's, getting, when he's getting off the bus at the very beginning, and they're playing "Mercy, Mercy, Mercy" by Cannonball Adderley. Do 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 do. Boop. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the smokestack is is the placed perfectly with in there. the fucking yeah. half and the shit is so gnarly. It is that's yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good use. When that of the came song. in in the theater, I was like, mm. "Damn, son." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Now, second question: favorite Wes Anderson, Jonathan. Um, I guess uh, Rushmore. I mean, that's just my favorite all the way around. Neil. Life Aquatic, bef- uh, because of the ah. life on Mars scene when he's out on the gotcha, boat smoking gotcha. a joint. <laughs> so great. I, I think top top to bottom, it's it's ten bombs for me. Um, so that, that's good. We we all have a different price. Okay, so John, Jonathan, what's your favorite song in a movie? Like scene yeah. with song. Now, there's a few of them. They're 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 just uh, unassailable. Give me two. But, Give me two. Two. Fucking platoon. When everybody's in there getting high, dancing to fucking tracks of my tears, and like man, there's because it's like Craig David, fucking Charlie Sheen, Johnny Depp's in there, fucking oh yeah, that's right. Um, Corey Glover, the lead singer of fucking In Living Color, is in there. Um, uh, Aiden Quinn's son, like Forrest Whitaker, and then at one point they're just like motioning Charlie Sheen to come over, and he's like shaking him off, and it's just so genuine, and they're all. You know, right before the shit hits the fan. So that, I think, is definitely uh, probably my favorite. All right. Neil? Um, well, I'm going to go with one of the same things I picked as uh, my, my first soundtrack, Snatch, the boxing scene with fucking in the bushes. Oh. So yeah. good. I've, I've already said multiple times on this, I think, on this pod, that the animals, when they're beating the shit out of Pesci in Casino, is by That's far my good. favorite. But... If I had to pick like a, a less a more obscure one, it would be in The Shining. At I think it's towards the end when Nicholson's at the bar and they play that fucking Midnight, The Stars and You. Oh yeah, It has such a great. <laughs> it's just such an awesome way to fucking end that movie, or not not end it, but like just that that whole scene is just just, just such a perfect song. On Forrest Gump, when uh. <laughs> Oh, he yeah. he goes to uh when he goes to see Jenny at the Black Panther party and that guy slaps her <laughs> and they're playing Hey Joe and Forrest just starts wailing on him and it's just like it's such a heavy fucking cool vibe, man. Like Hey Joe Hey Joe is such a heavy song and like it's That's, so mm-hmm, sick. Mm-hmm. Speaking of heavy vibes, on that note mm-hmm. you, Oh sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. <laughs> And this week, we are discussing the insanely heavy vibe of Elmore James' 1959 single, The Sky is Crying, written by Elmore James and produced by Bobby Robinson. The sky's crying Look at the tears down the street Well, I wanted to um, talk about some authentic blues And searching around, uh, listening to some tunes, I just realized how much I really love this original version of this song and just Elmore James in general. He has such a good sound. And it's kind of in between Robert Johnson and B.B. King. It's like it's still got that kind of pain and mystery, but without the polish necessarily. You know, it's 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 one of those songs that kind of swims in in that special like kind of place in blues. There, there's two kinds of blues. There's the old blues and there's <clears throat> super polished new blues. To that point, it encapsulates like what a blues song is or what it is thought about in kind of the pop culture. 12 bar, like a, a kind of a witty play on words and some pain. I just, I just love the sound of it. I love his voice. I love the way it was recorded. I think it really stands out. I mean, definitely a classic. When you hear it or encounter it, it just kind of takes control. And it almost doesn't even sound like a song. It almost sounds more like a narration. There's a scene, and you can just see this shit happening. You know, it's so impactful that you don't even really think about instruments or lyrics or, or any of that stuff. Yet, of course, those are the, exactly the things that are working together to create this vibe um, between his voice, which is... It's just like a shout. Like he, you could tell he's singing so damn loud. Like such mm-hmm. a loud, strong voice. And then the the slide, the way he's resonating, or or, or uh, the vibrato on that slide, it almost sounds like 
the way bacon sizzles or something, it's so intense and it's just like, like, Ooh, just something's like working your mm-hmm. motherfucking nerves as they would say, you know, it's just very intense. It's very heavy, very pointed. And he conveys all that in a 12 bar blues progression that everybody and their brother has used, but rarely has anyone used it so effectively. Yeah. This is another tune. I feel like I've heard my entire life, you know, probably, I probably heard the Stevie Ray version first, but Elmore was definitely a known bluesman. He was from Holmes County, which is right next to the county I grew up in, and he lived in Canton, which is a town very close to where I grew up. He recorded a lot in Jackson, so, I mean, he was rooted in Mississippi, even though he was not your old-school Mississippi Did you say Holmes County? Holmes, yeah. What's up, Holmes? (laughs) And like you said, Neil, I mean, he also wrote, a, a couple of my favorite blues tunes of all time. I mean, which would be this "Shake Your Money Maker," "Dust My Broom." I love all three of those songs. This song specifically, it is hard to beat the intro for any blues tune. Just the tone, the notes, his voice, the imagery—it's all right there in the first couple lines, and just continues on like that beautiful kind of on a cloudy day path for you know until that final blues flourish. But the, the notes, is it because that's a standard uh, intro or because of the tone? Because I feel like I, I, I haven't really no. heard that many other artists doing that. It's, be, it's, it's not standard. He made it standard after the song. It okay. became standard. So this way, nobody was doing this before 1959 I mean, when he recorded. maybe, but this really solidified it. I think this, gotcha. I mean, because it is such a blues traditional classic, this is what you think of, you know, it, and it still has that sound I was talking about. So it, it's still authentic, but what it is, I think, you know, the foot it has in both genres is it's like, it has a foot in Delta. Cause it's, it's primarily him with a slide, just naming yeah. and proclaiming. But, it's also Chicago because it has the band behind him, and so. But the band is not getting in the way; they're just there to like accentuate. So that's that 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 polish. It has all that raw vibe of Delta Blues, but it's so early because you know so many of those guys literally moved from Mississippi to Chicago sure. for for work and stuff, and that's where you get that more polished city like dancing kind of vibe. I don't hear as much Chicago in this as I almost feel like it's a mix between Delta and New York because this was recorded, I believe, in. New York. Yeah, that's just Quinn. There, there, there's a New York blues I, genre. That's not a genre. But it, it's it's more. I think it might be the saxophone though. It's just the arrangement is. It doesn't sound like yeah, Chicago but blues. BB B- King would use horns. Albert King would use horns. All those Chicago guys. That's drums and horns makes it especially Chicago. Yeah. Well, BB was a Memphis guy. He's not Chicago. But like Albert King, all those dudes. Like it's just that kind of like it's like it's like dancing blues versus like Delta just sitting there storytelling blues. And this is kind of a foot in both, and it's super cool that way. Yeah, the coolest part is just how he's so on top. He's so loud and capturing a moment. And it's all about him and his guitar, but there's so much going on behind him. But it's all subdued. Like, everyone knows their place. You know, like, it's it's a big band, but you couldn't, you really, unless you're listening hard, because there's a lot of piano going on and saxophone and harmonica and... Right. There's everything. There's a full band, but like all you really hear is him, and right. it's just a, it's a beautiful bed. It's it's just a, it's a good example of the blues progression into where it still sounds authentic, like like one man sitting around a fire telling you a story, but it also has that you know kind of production quality. Yeah, because it feels like all the the band feels like lighting and set design, and it's like just super subtle shit, but it's all there to reinforce the narrative. Yes, the, the band, I, didn't, I don't know how much of that, I mean, I th- feel like whatever they're playing what they need to play perfectly, but a lot of that I think is the production and where it is in the mix. Just to mention, the band is called the Broom Dusters. You have JT Brown on saxophone, Johnny Jones on piano, Odie Payne on drums, and homesick James on bass. Them motherfuckers better be able to play some blues with those names. This is the bluesiest band they've ever heard in my life. I want to be called well, homesick Josh. Well, it's like, I mean, Moving back forward. in the day, every bluesman was a superhero. You got to choose your own name. One of one of Elmore James's biggest influences was uh, Tampa Red. I've owned, that's always been one of my favorite blues blues names. Yeah. Tampa, Tampa Red. Yeah, Tampa Red. Yeah, so good. That's a pretty good name. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> sounds like a, um, a fucking cigar. It sounds like a tobacco product. A tobacco absolutely. product. Yeah, for and kids, it sounds like someone you probably don't want to fuck with, whether it's on stage or uh, otherwise. Who wins in a fight, Tampa Red or Homesick James? Or Panama Homesick Red. James will go home. He's going to run home in the middle of the fight. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think no, if, you put, like, red, no, if you put Red after anything, it works. Like if we call Josh Mississippi Red. Sounds pretty sweet. Well, no, you'd have to call me Yazoo Red. Yazoo, Yazoo, Yazoo Red. Yazoo. That sounds like a fucking STD. <laughs> I got fucking Yazoo Red. Like, oof. Get a shot. Uh, anyway, we get, we're, getting, we're getting way off track. Speaking of the mix between Chicago and that, I mean, this song, for some, I know it's a straight 12-bar blues, but... It, it's it's whenever I hear it, it sounds almost R and B to me instead of straight blues. It doesn't sound like the blues that can't be satisfied or uh, Manish Boy or Robert Johnson tunes or Sun House tunes. There's just and it may be the production, but it just sounds more R and B ish. Think it's the rhythm yeah, to I me. Rhythm. And I I think that's kind of what I was talking about. It's it, the song is almost abridged from old blues to new where. Um, it just has such a sophistication to it, and just it's it's not trying to do anything new. He's just really like perfecting this twelve bar craft. This is one of the best twelve bar songs I think there is. It, it almost sounds like more of a Little Richard than a Muddy Waters. Well, I think here's why, because like so much of that stuff is like is it, it's based in the shelf rhythm. Even like you know, like Rolling Stone. You're like, I wish I was a catfish. Boom boom. It's all it's all a heartbeat, which is a shuffle. Do do. Do, 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 yeah. do. And this isn't that. This is on the backbeat. This is one and two and three and four, which is like rock and roll. It's like slow rock and roll, which is why it feels like R&B, because it doesn't have that extra little shuffle hiccup. It's just straight. It sounds yeah. like, you know, Moonlight Mile or one of, like, one of those, it's a, 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 like a stone. Yeah. It's just, so it's, and that's and why. So it's, 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 it's almost like an early rock ballad. It's, it's a blues progression, but a rock or, yes. or ballad kind of rhythm. It comes down on crying. The sky is crying, like exactly. kind of like you start before and then it, land the, on crying. Yeah, the, the pickup notes, the, and the yeah. crying is the yeah. one, and those mm-hmm. those other mm-hmm. notes lead. So the other pickup that lead right into that one. Since we're kind of talking about the feel and the vibe, let's let's get into the production a little bit. Neil, what do you like so much about the production of the song? how they captured this moment and just this song has that sound i mean i love the blues and there's not many songs that you hear that really just capture the whole essence of the pain the mystery and just have a great sound like i love bb but a lot of his stuff is a little too kind of it it doesn't have the same pain like bb i sound i feel like bb's having fun like i don't feel like Elmore's having too much fun here, but at the same time, it's got a little bit of that. What happened in that studio and the way the way it was recorded, the way he just cranks his amp, cranks his mic, and just goes for it. He's like, "Y'all follow me for the changes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna crush this." Well, what's cool is like it's guitar driven because of like the slide bits, and you know, and, and Elmore James was a guitar player, but like by and large, the guitar stays out of the way and lets the band. It almost feels like. You know, almost like a Ray Charles song with a, with 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 a slide player, you know. So he really. St- that's a good. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah, he really stays out of the way and just tells the story. Like a lot of folks want to get in there and show off all the guitar playing, all the notes they can play, but he just makes it about the narrative and about emphasizing that narrative. And I think with that great phrase of the sky is crying, and then some of the the other ideas, you know, which we can talk about you know, when we get into the lyrics. But like it's such a narrative, emotional thing that like it's not just something that fits in twelve bars. Like a lot of folks just say something that fits in twelve bars. He's literally like, all right, I don't care about twelve bar blues. I don't care about anything. I you know this. He's actually songwriting within a blues form. And a lot of folks forget to write songs within the blues. I mean that that's that's the Robert Johnson kind of effect there. But you know production wise specifically, not to get into the songwriting. How it hits you, like like Neil said, with the bum 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 bum, and then the drums and the bass and the piano just kind of come in, and the piano is just very. It, it almost feels like they're in a juke joint, but the piano is like down a hallway 
somewhere the entire time. Yeah. It's very busy, but when you kind of get into the song, there's a lot of notes being played, but it's it's so pretty and it's it's it doesn't overtake anything. It fits in right where it should. And, and it kind of stays throughout the song. It, it's funny the choice they make because even when they bring the saxophone in in the second verse, you know, it comes in pretty high. And that almost gives it, I think what you were saying, Neil, it's not like BB was having fun, but the saxophone to me is what makes this, gives this song a little bit of fun. The, the vibe they create is more bar, like juke joint, fucking slow dance, just pretty. It's more pretty to me yeah. than like well, pain. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. It, 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 the kind of what you're talking about, the fun is kind of subdued, but you just hear his yes. loud voice and pain on top. You, because you could strip out all the other production and just listen to him and his guitar, and it would be probably just as good. Also, production-wise, and I didn't investigate, but I'm almost certain you can tell this was all recorded live. Like these guys, yes. this was not. This wasn't like you put the drums, then the bass, then the car. This is like some dudes in a room, and this dude standing out front, like singing the song. And that's why yeah, it sounds like a juke joint, so, yeah. because mm-hmm. that's how folks played. And this was so effective yeah. that folks in juke joints would want to try to replicate this same experience because it's so good absolutely yeah but the thing that stands out i would say the most would be the his guitar the tone what he's playing what he's doing jonathan why what do you think about i, I think his voice stands out more than the guitar i think the guitar the guitar is adding tension but i feel like his voice and like and i think at this point we kind of have to talk about sorrowing a little bit so like when he's talking about like you know the sky is crying that's cool you know that that that, that's pretty you know okay you know that's pretty it's not a standard line he said it's very it's very well said it's very great you know i guess analogy or whatever but the second verse about i saw my baby early one morning she's walking down the street like you know i never thought about that until i saw animal house because on Animal House, the dude calls his girlfriend at like 8 in the morning. She's not home. And he's like, where could she be at 8 in the morning? It's like, where could she be? And it's like, oh, she never came fucking home last night. And so that you see your baby <laughs> way, walking down lattes. the street. It's like, baby, basically this dude's driving down the street, seeing his girl doing the walk of shame. And you're like, what the fuck? Is what the fuck? And that's what this sound, this does not sound like fun. This does not sound like... The, even that he's having maybe a good time because he's you're just a master of, of his craft. But like, man, if you're driving to work or some shit and you see your girl and her shit from the night before walking down the street, you're like, fuck with what is going on? Like, this is a motherfucking problem. And it just sounds <laughs> it's like a huge. It's it's a it's a it's big a problem. Huge problem. <laughs> and it sounds like the shit just hit the fan like right out of the gate. And so those lyrics are very illustrative. Yes, the imagery in this song is fantastic. I mean, but the, lyrically, it's pretty straight blues. I mean, you can find little snippets of stuff like that second verse in a lot of blues tunes, I think. I think the sky is crying, look at the tears roll down the street, is the... Yeah, but that's it. I mean, that's, that's, that's totally what this song it. is all about. I mean, that, that's the rest just of such it, a... The rest of it is just kind of like uh, blues uh-uh, lyrics. I, I disagree. I no, like, no, I mean, I, I hear... I'm not saying they're bad. The whole thing is good, but the sky is crying is one of the best lines uttered by a blues it, it man. Is, it is, but the second verse gives it weight. To me, That that's the the jab, and then the fucking straight right is the second one. The last verse says, I got a bad feeling. My baby exactly. don't love me no more. So like, he's, oh, he's just experiencing that, like, oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah, the shit is hitting the fan. I got a bad feeling. This is the sound of the feces hitting the fucking fan. <laughs> the feces. I think Jonathan, you mentioned this. The you know, this is like a master class in songwriting. I mean, it, it is in a way because if you read how, you know, I mean he was just raining in in some studio and he was like, Oh, I'm gonna sky is crying and just kinda came up with it and then kinda wrote it out of that. I don't think there was any I think that was just, I'm a really good songwriter and just put that together real quick for the band to record. You know, so it was just, I, that's why I feel like there's some fun in it because they know 
it's really good. You know, they probably knew like, ooh, this shit. <laughs> That's is what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. it's, mass, it's enjoying. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. It's enjoyment yes. of the craft. So many of his songs sound just like this. This was just another place for him to express this grand inspiration he had of the sky is crying. Because like most of his songs start out, they could they could almost start out, bam, 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 bam. And he wrote well, he wrote another one called the sun is shining. <laughs> yeah, well, later, but but he also uh, hold my hold my baby last night or held my baby last night and bleeding heart, very similar. Yeah, yeah. Intro. Yeah. It's almost like and blues people do this where they'll kind of use the same thing and just throw some words at it, and this is the one that is you know by well, far. Plus, if you have better, a hit, I mean, you, these motherfuckers definitely trying to milk it. Like you know, after yeah. after come on baby, let's do the twist. There was like keep on twisting and fucking a bunch of yeah. other bullshit. You and know, I so, think. It gets exploited. I, Twist again. I picked this one because I think it stands out. Um, because um, people who don't listen to the blues a lot, it, I mean, every song from Muddy to BB to this stuff, it's all it all sounds the same. If you're not into it, but I think this, as far as 12 bar and just classic blues, really kind of stands out as something special. I think you could play this song for anybody and they would they would enjoy it. Whether they, even if they said they didn't like the blues. But I I'd, I'd say that for like, you know, I mentioned three songs that Elmore James has written and like Shake Your Money Maker is pro- is probably something that people would be like, yeah, that's just a blues song. And kind of but it is, not but it's just kind of a party song. The power it's, of it. it's move. No, that's fine. But I think this song and Dust My Broom are more powerful than that song have a little more complexity to yeah, them. Yeah, and th- but, this one just has the pain. Like, Shake Your Money Maker doesn't have the pain. Think about, like, classical music. Who's famous in classical music? The composers. Why are they famous? Because they tell you the notes to play, you play the notes, done fucking deal. With blues, who's famous? The performers. Why? Because you have these songs, and it's the individual's job to go make that song special. And he does that with this. He does it with Shake Your Money Maker. But it, it's so it's the interpreter's job to make it special. And Elmore James, with his that crazy strong, powerful, belty voice and that slide, he makes it special. And that's the, that's why he's well, that's somebody a- unique. He's not just some cruise ship asshole. <laughs> yes, of course, <laughs> cruise ship <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Neil, you said that his voice is kind of the part that's like not. Polished, right? And when I was listening to it all week, I was like, God, his voice just kind of sounds like sandpaper, you know. But like that, like yeah. uh, that, that three sixty four hundred sandpaper. <laughs> that's not like super fine, but it still it got some like abrasion on it. You know, kidney stone is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, but man, when he hangs on that ing at the yeah, end of yeah. his first crying, at the end yeah. of his what? The ing, okay. the gerund part of it, the thing that makes gerund. it a gerund. Oh. Oh That's gonna be your new um, name on the pod, Jared. Yes. It, it it makes him sound like someone shaking and crying. Yes, I mean, you know, which is just as impressive as the line. And I think itself. one That's of my favorite parts of this whole song is like the way he uses his voice and the vibrato, like because there's so many lines he ends with just that that shaking. Like you can you can tell his like if he's not shaking, his insides are when he's making that noise. There's some Nick Nolte movie I can't remember what it is, but he's like. You'd rather pass a kidney stone through your heart on than fuck with me. And that's what it, it sounds like. He's a dude passing a kidney stone through a heart on. I mean, it, it sounds that painful. It just sounds brutal, and that's why it it resonates with when you listen. Every but again, everything accompanies the guitar. In this I, I think the I think the guitar accompanies the voice for sure. Yeah, and I think he uh, even said like, I know it one comes riff. after. I just keep playing it over and over again. He like. But the way he can just take it, there's nothing special. There's no guitar solo, which I thought was, for a blues song, that's pretty unique, especially kind of, I think, post-1960, almost all blues songs have at least one solo break. I thought it was uh, weird that this one didn't. It's all being an artist. Like I, I just have these couple tricks in my bag, but I'm better than you, so I don't need your 500 tricks. As he's been dubbed the king of uh, slide guitar... Well, it has that edge just like his voice does, man. His voice is so fucking edgy and yeah. so, like, you can't... And, yeah, I mean, and that's what just I love about the song, just it's the way shout. it sounds. Yeah, like, like, everyone plays... You know how yeah. loud he would be singing that shit, man? You could tell he's just, like, screaming at the fucking mic. Like, it's re- it almost mm, distorts yeah. the mic a little bit. It's so hot. I mean, he he started playing at 12 on a diddly bow. A bow diddly? One string... A uh, one-string instrument strung on a shack wall. That's a diddly bow. That's a diddly bow or a jitterbug. 
I, I, I've never heard of a it's so funny thing about a diddly bow and bow diddly. <laughs> no, seriously, like I mean, I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> also, another name for Gerard Depardieu, a diddly bow. The sound of that slide, and I'm sure it's a a brass slide. I don't I don't think it's a glass slide. It definitely sounds like, a, and it's just that metal on metal, and I think that's where that. Like I said, that, as I said earlier, that sizzle or that just like, it's almost like nails on a chalkboard. It's so fucking like ragged and almost ir- an irritating sound. But it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, in a good way, in a very effective. And that's why I mean, yeah. I almost think it sounds polished. No, but it's it, it's smooth because it's good rhythmically. Yeah, just the production of it is so raw. Because you hear so much slide that's super polished. That's and what I'm saying. But that rawness comes. I mean, it literally sounds like a dude. Driving in the fucking street, in the rain, in his wipe. You can see the wipers. You see the fucking old car. Do you see? Him? Oh, who's that? Oh, what? What the fuck? That's my girl. Like, oh, motherfucker, what the fuck? Like, and then like all this shit just happens like all at once. Just like, oh, motherfucker, the sky is crying. Like, shit hitting the fan. That and that metal slide with that on those steel mm-hmm. strings. It, it's just that like, like it's the sound of the irritation yeah, of yeah, the yeah. emotion you know as we've been saying about this tune the whole time it's it's a, it's a great vibe so why don't we move into the vibe time portion of our pod uh cue the music in oh three Not again. two one <laughs> every time every time it feels so good when it touches when your, it hits your ears all right when it touches your ears. <laughs> So, uh, so this song is not called "This Guy Is Crying." <laughs> this, guy <laughs> this guy is crying. Who? Like fucking Terry over there is freaking the fuck out. <laughs> Shout out Terry Lawyer. <laughs> Jonathan, when do you want to hear this song? Once again, this is definitely a fucking shooting pool song. This is a, when I'm about to fucking win the goddamn pool match in the. I'm gonna call in the eight ball in the corner pocket, and I'm shooting. I want this fucking right when I'm shooting the fucking winning shot. I want this song to come on. You are the hustler. You're the hustler. Yeah, at that well, point. Probably Sky the hustler, but I'm pretending to be the hustler. Exactly. <laughs> Neil. One I'd want to hear this song is Heartbroken Late Night at a Bar in the South. Just when, you, when you're sad, but you want to feel good about it. You know, kind of diving into the blues. You know? Yeah, Going well, yeah. with that theme, maybe during a prostate exam. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Hear I think this. it's appropriate. No, it's the same kind of feeling, I think. And I'll tell you when I don't want it. I got a real, <laughs> real bad feeling. My doctor ain't wearing no gloves. No, I, <laughs> that would actually rack. Uh, <laughs> Doctor um, Depard, do I tell you when I don't want to hear it? Doctor Depard, better not. Doctor Depard, don't. I definitely don't want to hear any band. Anywhere covering this song at any point in time, like leave it alone, <laughs> leave it alone. Nobody, I, Full e- stop. no, not ever. No, I mean, I think I think the people that have covered this into the future okay. have done it a disservice. Put it that way. Patience, my friend. Hold that for. I'm when sorry, we everything slide isn't fitting in your little section boxes, Josh. But I just said wait until we're under the covers. Don't tease. <laughs> um, I, I want to hear this when uh, when I'm back in the Delta and I'm on a porch and it's raining. That's that would that would be it's the poetic. that would be the perfect scenario. Or as Jonathan just said, driving through the Delta while I'm it's raining. The prostate exam? Right after, right after. No, definitely not. That'd be a great intro for a prostate exam, though. Well, speaking of prostate exams, <laughs> why don't we uh, <laughs> why don't we dive bomb under the influence <laughs> real quick? <laughs> Talk about uh, what influenced this song, what it influenced moving forward. Which it should be pretty straightforward, and uh, what you'd recommend folks listen to if they like this song, Jonathan. Um, I would say it was influenced by high fidelity and infidelity. Yeah, I would say nice. it was influenced by obviously it's blues, uh, but really honestly, you know, this is what that's why blues is so effective is this is just somebody taking you know a potential real life experience and putting it in the context of of, of a kind of predetermined format you know 12 bar blues but really delta blues and just real life experiences which is why it's so powerful and then it really influenced obviously anybody who played slide afterwards you know Dwayne Allman Johnny Winter like any 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 slide guitar playing that came after this was influenced by this 
Absolutely. Neil, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's uh, influenced by real-life heartbreakers. Josh, you mentioned Tampa Red. I just kind of dived into that. It's um, Listening to his It Hurts Me Too from like a long time ago. He was the writer of that song. So good. Um, yeah. And I think it's cool how much he influenced Hendrix because Red House is basically this song with different different lyrics and different guitar um, playing oh uh, yeah different guitar playing but as far as just you know i have a bad bad feeling you know it's basically like there's a red house Absolutely. or the sky is crying it's it, it starts the same way and jimmy covering uh bleeding heart which is right. exactly the same as this song just which is so and nice. i love that opening line that people's 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 you don't know what it means to be left alone <laughs> So that's devastating. <laughs> again, it's the, the individual performance is what, just like in this song. And Jimmy, in one of his earlier bands, called himself Jimmy James in the blue honor of the album oh, James. Nice. Yeah, and then, I, you know, Robert Johnson for the songwriting stuff that we, we, we discussed earlier. Like you said, Sly Player, Brian Jones, uh, Keith Richards said when he first met him, said that he introduced himself as Elmo James because that's some of his, Brian, Brian Fucking. Jones. Tickle me, Elmo James. Fucker, ain't Elmo James. <laughs> um, and yeah, it probably Lowell George. I would say. I mean, any anybody. Tickle this. me, George. Ben Harper, a, a, a newer person. Well, tickle me, George. <laughs> time to jump under the covers. It's 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 time to talk about the n- numerous covers of this song. Jonathan, how many did you listen to? I've never heard any covers of this song. Actually, I am. Um... No, uh, I mean, there's the standard. There's the Steve Ray Vaughan, you know, which is classic. There, I, I found George Thurgood doing it, and he sent a good on the guitar part, but then yes, the Delaware came the out vocal. in him, and he started <laughs> enunciating every motherfucking word, and that's so not Southern. It's exactly what I you thought. You can't I was be enunciating like, those words, he, man. The guitar sounds good. I, heard, I saw my baby <sighs> early one morning. She was walking right <laughs> oh down God. the street. It's like, no, 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 you got to leave some letters out. You have way too many letters in there. Um, <laughs> Clapton does it on this blues, like this Eric Clapton blues was like a double thing, double this. And it's funny because it shit reminds me of. I, I heard I bought that when I was actually studying abroad. I studied in Spain and I was traveling in 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 Europe. I don't think I ever told you guys I was in Rome actually, and uh, I was listening and I bought that and I met this fucking Gucci model. I don't think I ever told you guys about this. And like we were hanging out, preach, and he was so good looking. Like he was like six three and like fucking like. <laughs> Just a really good looking dude, and we actually went to the Gucci store, and he was like on the fucking ad and thing, and we were just hanging out. What's his I name? Remember, Julian Casablanca. He was actually the dude in Fight Club. Oh, you know, in Fight Club, we're fucking. Uh, they're like they're on the bus, and they're like, "Oh, look at that guy. Is that what a man's supposed to be like?" It was that motherfucker. It was that was the dude. We, but we actually just. But anyway, so this always makes me think of Rome and Gucci models. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> Let's, let's stay under the cover <laughs> yeah. with our new Jonathan Gucci model got friend. Way out of the covers, he ripped the fucking comforter off. I just want to. I get wow. He Jonathan's under Jonathan's under I the mattress. Ripped off the comforter and took a plane to Rome. Um, well, I must say. I thought you were gonna say he took a shit in the middle of the mattress. <laughs> Neil. Okay, so as far as covers, I think. Um, Covers kind of ruined this song for me. I mean, I definitely heard Stevie's <laughs> first, Clapton, and I I could give two shits about those versions. I mean, really? Stevie's even is good Stevie? as far as licks and guitar, but I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan even named his album after it. That's how powerful this song is. He's just. But it's borderline cheesy blues. It is. The no, licks are nasty. The licks are but nasty, it's borderline but the rest blues. is like, oh my God, if, if I played this for anyone, they'd be like, SRV is good, but let's listen to something else. Uh, <laughs> um man he can really play what else you got but on there? my favorite cover is um i think his relative sonny boy williamson uh-huh. they're at least good friends and i think relatives but he did a cover in 1963 it's kind of a country blues version where it's just him and another guy um on acoustic great and i love i love it because he says the skies is crying <laughs> the skies is crying uh. His vocal in that is so is so great. Oh, and then it, right before so the understated. second verse, he coughs. He's like, <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> "That's the prosthetic thing we talked about." <laughs> Let me clear my throat. I I agree with the Stevie the, the Clapton version. I heard he like speaks through it. Yeah. Sounds like he just woke up from like a, from a fucking two year heroin binge. Uh-huh. I wonder why. Yeah, the the Freddie King is 
kind of a different. It's a little more groovy. It's a different rhythm. I mean, or or Albert or Freddie. Albert. Albert's is what Stevie Ray's is based on, and I like Albert's I like much Albert's. better mm-hmm. than Stevie Ray's. It, it's good, but Freddie King has an in, like a, just a different take on it. That's kind of cool. I, I, it's not great, but it's just kind of a different different way of doing it. And there, oh, there's a Peter Green tribute with uh, Jeremy Spencer and Bill Wyman. That's you know, it's live. It sounds. There's fun. an album called A Night of Blues, and it says BB uh, Albert and, and Clapton, but it, it's it's Stevie Ray. It's not Clapton. Like it's. Which is weird. Like it's totally mislabeled. Like it's absolutely. BB Albert and other white blue stars and some white dude they look alike. Um, But and white guitar guy. Exactly, white dude here. TBD. Stevie Um, Ray Clapton. (laughs) Fucking TBD Vaughn. So you know, like that's (laughs) that that's there. But then there's this other one by this Gary BB Coleman, which just makes me think. It makes you think about fucking He's nine minutes it always, long. It always makes you think about fucking, um, you know, what you talk, what you talk about gold, this guy's grind. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> it's just like, exactly. I mean, how many songs have we done that are covered more than this? I bet there's, like I said, hundreds of people playing this song right now. Well, the almonds, the almonds played it at Dwayne's funeral yes. and they put it in their Which set list moving great. forward. Yeah, that's a great story. Makes me feel good. <laughs> But I'm not. You know what else makes me feel, feel good? Oh, shoes. I, but you never wear them. <laughs> uh, I, I wear them when I have to. Jonathan, or Neil, this is your song. How does the shoe fit? They fit, but they're wet and soggy. It's time for a new pair. These these shoes are lost. I've, I've lost these shoes. It's time to move on. Mm, You're more in love with the idea like of the it. shoes than the actual shoes themselves at this point. No, the shoes are great. But they're fucking no good cheating shoes. Get the fuck out of here. Hold on. How can they be great and no good? Well, they were they great. Were they great. were great. Until you saw someone else wear them early one morning. Yeah, and then I saw... Yeah. And now, he, now he's watching the tears roll down his new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, how does this the shoe, shoe fit? feels like some, some cowboy boots I'm wearing, and I'm tapping my toes under the table when I'm in a jute joint, and I can feel the cigarette butt under the very tip of my toe but I'm still just staying perfectly in time it's just like you got oh. the, the filters there it's, it's like just, I can, just, just soft, soft enough just more cushion for the pushing I think just soft enough it. just, just making me want to whisper right now yeah. um, <laughs> I, I would say the shoe fits like a muddy pair of boots I'm going to prop up on my ex's table during one of those breakup combos or like post breakup when she wants you back you just show up with some fucking muddy boots. Muddy with there. a D. That's how that like muddy, fits. like muddy waters boots, like muddy, nice. No, no muddy with a yeah, T. Yeah, how else do you spell muddy? <laughs> it does sound like muddy. Which it which, is exactly what you said. That you know they they could be muddy and muddy at the same time. Right. It sounds like the, some the muddy boots muddy boots. Where she's like, this is why she's breaking up with you because you're always wearing those fucking muddy boots. She's like, get those muddy exactly. muddy boots off my goddamn exactly. coffee table. That's why we're breaking up. And on that note. We are going to play a cover of The Sky is Crying by Stevie Ray. I mean, by Elmore James. That <laughs> tickle me, Elmore James. <laughs> Saw my baby one morning 
Till my poor heart would skip a The cover you just heard was performed by Neil Marsh and Josh Bond. Thank you for listening to Podgave Rock and Roll to You. Please subscribe and rate on Apple and Spotify. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Podgave Rock. Next week is, was it Josh's week? So uh-huh. Josh, what will, we dis- will we be discussing? Question mark. We will be discussing Shout, no question mark. Shout? by Tears for Fears. Can't wait!